You are listening to episode number four of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Now you all remember how scary your first days at school were. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Guide podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Zach Woodward. I'm a primary school teacher from Brisbane, Australia, and I will be your host each week. The aim of this podcast is to share information and experiences that will help all teachers to thrive in their role, particularly aimed at those who are in the first few years of their teaching career and those who are aspiring teachers. We like each episode to be short and to the point, so let's get into it. The topic for today's episode is the teacher's guide to self-care. Now, our job is pretty intense and self-care is becoming more and more important. Our role as a teacher is physically, emotionally and psychologically taxing on us. Now, obviously, every job has its stresses and every job is intense in its own way. But according to the Gallup Healthways Wellbeing Survey, which was put out in 2013, teachers reported the highest level of occupational stress in Australia, the UK and America. So we as teachers in our profession were reported as the highest level of occupational stress in those three countries. Now there's an interesting graph which I've uploaded to my website underneath episode four and it lists all of the professions and where they ranked and obviously we as teachers were up the top but then underneath us were health workers Uh, Even further underneath there was small business owners and even managers, CEOs and people in executive roles. So all of those are very stressful jobs, but teachers were still ranked at the very top for being the most stressed. So we have a problem here. And that problem is that we as teachers are stressed. Our job is very stressful and we need to respond to that. And there are things we can do. to respond to that and not let the stress overtake us and burn us out because the good bits of our job far outweigh the bad bits. And so I'm just going to roll through four things today that I've done that have helped me in the last four years uh, to not let the stress burn me out and to still keep passionate about the role of teaching. So here we go. The first tip is to go to the staff room at lunchtime. Now, obviously, if you have playground duty, go and do that duty. But on the days where you don't have playground duty, if you're too busy to go to the staff room at lunchtime, then you're too busy. And it's as simple as that. Now, if you work in a school where there is a culture of people not going to the staff room and staying in their classrooms and doing extra marking um, or doing extra last-minute planning, you really need to address that with your school's leadership because that's not okay. And it's a bad culture and everyone eventually suffers because happy teachers equals happy students and the opposite is also true so if we as teachers run around like a headless chook all day and if during our breaks we're in the classroom doing marking and last minute preparations uh, we'll feel more stressed our heart rates will rise and our students will eventually suffer due to our shortened tempers that come as a result of that so chilling out with other adults is essential even if you only have two days a week where you don't have a playground duty for a certain break Uh, spending that time in the staff room with your colleagues, even if you don't like some of them, is essential. And so one thing we do at our work, and I'm lucky I'm in a workplace where I have a great staff who I work with. Shout out to them if they're listening. And one thing we do each week 
every day actually, is we have 10 trivia questions from the career mail. So we turn to the back of the career mail and we open the trivia questions, we go through them and then uh, we all have a good laugh and we try and beat our score from the previous day. And so that takes about five to 10 minutes. And obviously some people are out on duty and, and some people miss it, but throughout the week, Pretty much everyone has a go at that. And it's a really good, fun way just to chill out together and have a bit of fun. So if your school has a subscription to the Career Mail, or even if you don't, just jump online and uh, and open up to some trivia questions. It's a good, fun way just to relax together before the bell rings. Now, we do need to be proactive about this in order to have that time at lunch to be able to relax. Because I know for me, if I don't spend the extra 20 minutes in the morning to photocopy what I need or to get the resources ready, then I have no chance of relaxing at lunchtime. And on those mornings where I get get in late or don't spend the previous day organizing things, I, I do spend my lunchtimes organizing and, and getting ready for the next class. And I can feel myself just start to get a bit more stressed and I can feel my temper getting a little bit shorter on those days. So it's a really important investment to make in the morning just to get everything ready so we can enjoy that little bit of time with our colleagues in the staff room just to relax before the bell goes. So in my first year, this is where I learnt this lesson pretty quickly. I very foolishly signed up to coach debating and public speaking at the same time. And my second mistake was making the meetings at lunchtimes three days a week. So I would go weeks without going into the staff room because when I wasn't on duty, I was coaching, debating, and public speaking. And so now whenever I do those teams, I make sure we do them in the afternoon once a week so that I can have a little bit of rest time throughout my day. So that is tip number one. And remember, if you're too busy to go to the staff room at lunchtime, you're too busy and you need to change a few things up so that you can have a little bit of respite throughout the day. The second tip is a nice practical one and that is that uh, whenever you receive a affirming email or card or drawing from a student, keep it in a safe place because that way whenever you have a bad day, you can look back on it. So even if you are the worst teacher in the world, which I'm sure you're not, uh, you will receive affirming emails and cards from your parents and students and sometimes other members of staff, particularly at Christmas time and, uh, and at the end of other terms as well. And so the younger your students are, the more likely you are to receive these. So to any year one or prep teachers who are listening, I'm sure you've already had plenty of drawings done for you by your students. And to the year nine physics teachers who are listening, you probably haven't had a thank you or a card drawn for you in quite a while. But regardless of what grade, what grade you teach, at some point, you will receive a thank you from a parent or a student. And it's so important to keep that because on those days where you start to doubt yourself or on those days where you have a student just say something really horrible to you or you really muck up a lesson or you just think that you've done the worst job ever that day, when you look back on these affirming notes and emails, you remind yourself that you are doing a good job, that you are making a difference in students' lives and that people do appreciate what you do. So the next time that you receive an affirming email or a card thanking you for what you do as a teacher, keep it and don't lose it for those bad days where you need to remind yourself of that. The third tip is to set boundaries for your working hours. So you've probably realized by now that a teacher's work is never done. There is always more work 
that can be done. There's always more lessons to be planned or more differentiated activities that you can make. And we could easily spend until midnight every night creating extravagant lessons for the next day that will cater for every single individual need in our class perfectly. But is that really necessary? And is that really going to work for you and be a good thing for you and your students in the long run? If we are giving from an empty well that has not had any sleep or any social interaction for the past six weeks, surely that can't be a good thing for us or our students in the long run. And so this is why it's really important to set boundaries around work hours and make an end time for each day. So this works differently for everyone depending on what their responsibilities are. For some people, they like to stay at school in the afternoon until 4.30 or 5 and just get their marking done from that day and get the planning done for the next day and then leave with it all done and go home and enjoy personal and family time and not have to worry about work until tomorrow. And for me, that's what I did in my first few years. I would stay until I finished my work and if I hadn't finished the work by five, I'd go home and I'd make a plan to finish it the next day because I wanted to keep that personal work-life balance. And that works for me quite well. I've changed that slightly now. I now get to work early in the morning and I do it then. But for the first little while, um, the first few years actually, staying until late each afternoon really worked. Then there are people who need to leave school shortly after the bell. And if that's you, then you've probably taken your work home with you and doing it at home. And that's fine as well. Just make sure if you are taking work home each night, once again, make a finish time. And don't stay up until late in your study at home until midnight planning lessons the next day because you don't want to be tired and sleep deprived when you get to school. So we all have different lives and we all have different responsibilities. So the way in which we approach this and how we find time will be different. But no matter which option you choose, uh, whether it is to stay late at school or get there early, one thing that all teachers have in common who love their job and don't burn out is that they have set boundaries. And if you talk to teachers who have been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years and they thrive in their role, and I'm thinking of a few right now, um, they have set boundaries and they have a good balance of work life and home life. And so we as beginning teachers, we need to to know um, when to stop and we need to ask ourselves, do I really need to build this diagram for our lesson tomorrow that's going to take me four hours at home? Um, and, and should I instead get a bit of extra sleep so that I can wake up and be refreshed and also spend some time with my family? So once again, happy teachers equals happy students. And we need to remember that when we set boundaries for our work hours. The final tip today is a quick one, but a very practical and important one. And that is to pursue a hobby outside of education. There is more to life than teaching. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my job. In fact, I think it's the best job in the world and I can't imagine doing anything else. But it's not everything. It's not everything. There is a world outside of teaching. And as we've just discussed before, if you spend your whole time outside of the classroom marking and preparing for the next day in the classroom, when you get to school the next day, you're not going to be giving from the best possible place. In fact, I once heard an experienced teacher say that one of the best gifts we can give our students is a psychologically healthy version of ourselves. 
And the way in which we do that is we pursue hobbies and activities outside of the classroom that keep us healthy, that keep us active, and that keep us relaxed as well. And so for me, uh, I'm, I'm a musician. I love playing guitar and drums. I do that as much as I possibly can. And after my first year of teaching, I discovered the sport of triathlon. And so I joined a club and we train four or five times a week and that keeps me active and it just gives me something to focus on at the start or end of each day um, just to clear my mind and that where I don't think about teaching. And also socially, make sure you keep up your social life with your friends and at the time of recording this, um, the COVID-19 restrictions have just started to ease with cafes and restaurants so my wife and I are very much looking forward to going out to breakfast and dinner again and catching up with friends um, as much as we can so pursue your hobbies outside of education keep catching up with friends and if there's any hobby you've stopped recently because of your commitment to your teaching job find a way to take that hobby up again because you will find that eventually uh, your teaching will become better because you've made time to pursue that hobby outside of work. So happy teachers equals happy students. And that brings us to the end of episode four of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Those tips again for looking after your self-care in the early years of your teaching career are firstly to go to the staff room at lunchtime. And if you're too busy to go to the staff room at lunchtime, then you are too busy. So make that time to relax with your colleagues in the staff room. The second tip was to keep all affirming emails and cards in a safe place so that if you ever have a bad day, you can look back through those cards and remind yourself that no, you are not the worst teacher in the world and that you are doing a good job and you are making a difference in students' lives. The third tip is to set boundaries for working hours and make sure you're not working till midnight and losing sleep every night. And finally, the last tip was to pursue a hobby outside of education. We have the best job in the world, but we do need to look after ourselves and enjoy hobbies outside of education as well. So thank you very much for tuning in. If you would like to get in contact with me, just go to theteachersguide.com.au and you can find my contact details there. Otherwise, I'll see you next time for episode number five.